My dad went missing four months ago. At first it was not the slightest bit of horror in my mind. It was dad. Things like this weren't exactly unusual. Not with him. More often than not, he was simply unreachable. He would disappear for months at a time, with no phone number to call or address to visit. This was no different. I quickly changed my voicemail to a message indicating that no, I did not know where my dad was. After receiving multiple alarm calls from his co-workers, who were not as laid back as I was on this matter. At some point, due to the constant inflow of calls, I had to turn off my phone. Clearly, even though I told him to stop, he shared my phone number to a bunch of random people again, telling them that if he was unavailable, I could be of help. I can say I really had a good relationship with him. He was my janitor, but that was it. That might be why I wasn't concerned about his disappearance. More than just being used to it. I think I was relieved in a way. I wouldn't have to deal with him for a few months. Wouldn't have to pretend to be interested in his crazy stories. If it wasn't for my mother, I would have just told him off. She was the only reason why I didn't cut ties altogether. So he was gone. Great, right? Apart from dealing with a bunch of pesky phone calls, I would have peace and quiet for a few months. Fortunately, that was true for the most part, until I received a text message from my brother Isaiah two weeks ago. Found something. Might interest you. Meet at Dad's? I was puzzled. Maybe a bit intrigued. Mostly though I want to know what was up. I called him. What is it? I asked, not bothering with formalities. He stayed silent until he said, sounding unusually quiet. I think you're gonna have to see it for yourself. This was enough to convince me. Okay, I'll see you there. I hung up. I guess I was mostly curious. I also knew that Isaiah wouldn't call me for no reason. If he thought I should see something, then I had to. He knew better than to bother me with banal things. I got on my bike and rode there. When I arrived, I noticed that the front door was wide open. No trace of my brother or his bike. Strange. I approached the house. Hello. I called in. I was immediately hit by the stench of rotting food. Ew, I can see why you left the door open. I called in again jokingly. Isaiah emerged from one of the rooms down the hall. You haven't seen the worst of it, he said. I set foot on the wounded floor despite the horrid smell. I knew my brother wanted to show me something, but I decided a little exploration wouldn't hurt anyone. I first entered the kitchen. The putrid smell of rotting food grabbed me by my throat. As I took a look around, I noticed the half-eaten sandwich on the table. Was that in a hurry when he left? Surely if he'd known he would be away for so long, he would have cleared out his perishables. I made a mental note to myself of this, as I thought it might be interesting to discuss with my brother. In the meantime, we had to take care of this. Hey, I said loudly enough for my brother to hear, whatever he was up to. Should we clear out this food before it gets any worse? I continued, grabbing a garbage bag, though I was reluctant to pick up the rotting items. Yeah, sure. Come see this when you finished. His voice resonated in the hallway. Great. I muttered before getting to it. Eventually I filled the bag and opened the window to let some air in. I don't think I actually wanted to help Dad out at the time. I just didn't want this foul smell clinging onto my clothing. I took the trash out and finally joined my brother. I found him sitting down on the floor of what might have been a bedroom. Piles of papers scattered all around him. 
He was reading a journal, so focused on his contents that he hadn't even noticed me. That journal? I asked, settling down next to him, while making sure I didn't accidentally crash one of the sheets of paper on the ground. He looked at me, startled. Ah, yeah, check this out, he said, passing the worn-out notebook to me. I flipped through the pages. At first it wasn't anything new or particularly interesting. Discoveries he made throughout his career. Blah, blah, blah. Then his eye pointed me to a recent passage, dating from a month before his disappearance. I made the discovery thread. Now that was interesting. I'm sure you can guess what it was. I mean, haven't you read the title? My dad discovered immortality. But as I was about to discover, it was an old unicorns and rainbows and forever 25. No, because when we try to defy the laws of nature, nature strikes back. Let's just say he didn't miss my dad. Apparently he had been working on it for years. A lifelong dream. A serum that would be, whenever administered, freeze a person in time so they would not say age or deteriorate. Simply, be forever or at least until they were killed. Immortality is one thing, invisibility is another. Eventually, eventually it worked. He had been testing on baby mice, and that day they stopped growing. A week after he gave it to them, they still hadn't changed. Not noticeably so. Now that made my dad really, and I say really ambitious. It had worked. He didn't bother to check on the mice more than he had to. He didn't bother to keep them alive as long, enough as to observe the long-term effects. He was so content, so full of himself, and that blinded him. So he moved on to human testing. That's when it backfired horribly. Technically, the testing shouldn't have been very conclusive, as these people were adults, and watching an adult age is, well, a lengthy process. He simply told the subjects to come in for a monthly checkup, and to call him if anything went wrong. As you might expect, something went wrong. It hadn't even been too much when the, he got calls from the subjects almost at the same time. They all complained about the same symptoms. Fatigue, loss of memory, strength, and dry skin. My father told them to come in first thing in the morning, and when they did, they were worse. They weren't just rapidly aging, they were decaying. Now after this little screw scares, I think my dad was ashamed, and with a good reason. I don't know exactly what happened, but it didn't end well for the test subjects. Their body decayed, but they stayed alive, and that was the worst part of it, forced to suffer through their own demise. Can you imagine that? I guess in its own way the drug still worked. They simply couldn't die, not from their own body at least. My dad had to euthanize them. He couldn't let them go on like this. He gave them relief, but he felt horribly guilty for it. For everything. From his ambitious idea to him administering the serum without making sure it was safe. That very same guilt is the one that brings us to the events after reading the journal. I had read it all, and I couldn't get rid of the sinking feeling in my throat. However much I tried to calm down, I felt sick. The foul smell of the house wasn't helping. I had to get out. It was like I was suffocating, and although I didn't see Isaiah, I'm sure he felt the same. The fresh air helped me calm down a bit, but my chest felt heavy, and I was tearing up. I clenched my fist tight enough 
to fight against everyone. My body screaming at me to run far, far away from this place. I had to go in. My head was spinning. I don't know if Isaac was still in the house. I didn't see him, and I shrugged and dare ask. I entered the building, walking decisively, hands still shaking. The realization that that what I was smelling was not rotten food, although it definitely contributed to the stench. I walked, one foot after the other, and finally I reached the last door on the right. I put my hand on the doorknob, hoping to God that I was wrong and that was a dream. But I knew it wasn't. Gently opened the door. All the tension in my body suddenly dropped as I laid my eyes upon the horrid scene. My brain simply observed the decaying body in front of me, almost uninterestedly. My dad, or rather what was left of him, was laying there, as if he'd waited for the serum to take effect, and he hadn't moved since, waiting for his demise, but one that would surely never come. I called for Isaiah. He didn't answer. He didn't want to spend one more minute in this house, so I can understand he is leaving. I did what I had to, the only thing I could really do. I burned the house. I certainly wasn't about to carry his carcass outside. I knew he was still alive, but I hope he doesn't blame me, wherever he is. Maybe he felt some sort of relief. I ended his suffering after all. Isaiah joined me soon after I set fire to the house. I don't know where he went, and I didn't ask him. We simply watched as the blaze grew and grew, and I ended up calling the fire department when I was sure there was no way of retrieving anything inside. As I'm writing this, it's the night after his memorial service. We told everyone the same thing. We were concerned and decided to pay him a visit, and we found the house on fire. Do you know how exhausting lying is? Having to repeat the same fabricated tale, never to make the truth known. I think that's what prompted me to write this on Reddit. I had to tell someone. So thank you. Really. I feel much better now. It has barely been two weeks since the incident, but I think I can put it behind me. Or at least, not think about it all the time. Thank you.